podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Chelsea Hour. My name is Mees and I'll be your host for this one. Um, I've got a special guest in the building, obviously, my, my good friend Shems. What are you saying, bro? What's good, what's good? How you doing, bro? Yeah, I can't complain. Been busy, but, you know, such as yeah. life, such as life. Life. But um, yeah, man, I, there's there's quite a lot to get into. Obviously, it wouldn't be Chelsea if it, it wasn't. Um, boy, obviously, I'm beating for our preseason. Our preseason games came to an end with a one-one draw against Dortmund. Um, I didn't really catch all of the game, but I've managed to catch the highlights and quite a few players looks a bit interesting. Um, but Shem's first things first. Um, how have you thought preseason has gone, really, um, under your man Poch? I think it's been a positive preseason to be honest with, to be honest with you. Um I think uh, in stark contrast to last year um just the overall kind of vibe around the team around um the camp and the managers is very positive. I think results aside the performances have been positive for the most mm. part. Mm. Um I think every game I have I've watched every preseason game and um after all the games, I have always had like a few individuals that have kind of um, been really positive and I thought, wow, okay, they look good. Um, and I think overall, the positives have outweighed the negatives. Um, we look a lot fitter than we did last season. Mm. Um, it looks like, you know, Poch has really coached them um, in a certain way. And yeah, the uh, players that we wanted, we want to see maybe a bit more from in terms of, not necessarily more from, but players that didn't really get the chances to hit the ground running last season. So players like Mudrik, for example, mm. um, have been able to develop their confidence and they've played well. Um, players that, you know, we haven't maybe seen as much, so like Jackson, um, we've been able to get a good look at him, which has been positive. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it's been a good pre-season, I can't lie. It's um, been a lot more structured. Yeah. It's been a Definitely. lot more structured. Um, I think last season, I think Tuchel and the players pretty much complained very vocally about how badly the preseason was going in terms of the players kept flying about. They had more flights than actual games. Mm. Um, that, as you said, the fitness was a massive issue. Um, and I feel like generally that the, the players struggled as a byproduct of being thrown around all this time and barely getting any games. And when they were landing for games, they were tired and, you know, fatigued. But obviously, 
the same token, you understand that new owners wanted to kind of show off their new toy mm. to the rest of the franchise um, and the United States. So I think this time around, it's been a lot more controlled, you know, a lot more measured. Obviously, you've seen us like cross promotion with basketball and, you know, NFL, you know what I mean? So I think it's been it's quite interesting the way that they've gone about it this time. And I think that they would kind of learn from their mistakes of last season and just allowed the players to really train and hone in with um, Pochettino. And I think this time around, to be honest, the focus has been on fitness. Um, Poch isn't really... I think they learned from last season, I think, the owners. I think the owners have kind of like made it a situation where it's like the priority is players being fit and... Um, the preseason is is critical in that. Obviously, you could do your little promotions here and there because mm-hmm. that's kind of what preseason you use for as well. But yeah. I think they've kind of focused. Look, we need to get these players right and ready. Um, and yeah, man, it, it looks good. It looks good. Players yeah. definitely look a lot fitter, a lot hungrier. You can see Ben Chilwell put on a bit of muscle mass. Mm. Um, looks fitter than you know I've, I've seen him for a while. You look at Reese James; he looks really sharp despite his injury layoff. Um, generally, the players look really, really sharp, really, really fit. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think one of the things that, you know, we we can remember with Poch on the Spurs is that they were hard runners. Um, they kind of last the distance generally across the season. So they usually come on strong towards the end of the season. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Um, and speaking of Poch, um, Shems, I know you, you, talk, you, you were... Uh, a big advocate of his. Um, yep. Talk to me about how you feel he's conducted himself and generally how you're feeling about him as our manager. I think he's conducted himself well. Um, so he's done a very good job of getting, you know, the ship back on track, if that makes sense. Um, it was, you know, last season, it was going really, really off, um, off, the, off the trajectory that we're supposed to be on. And I think um, in a very short space of time, um, after he was hired, after he um, his first day of work, he got straight down to the business. And literally from day one, I think it's been very much, um, he's done a very good job of, you know, getting things in order, essentially. Um, I think he has done very well at identifying who should be around the squad and who shouldn't. Whereas last season we had, you know, Last preseason, we had a lot of players who probably shouldn't have been around the squad that were, um, and yeah, I think I think he's been he's been quite decisive as well in um, you know his decision making and in what he wants with the squad. You know, if you listen to him speak in his press conferences, he's been very honest about you know the squad size, the amount of players he wants in the team, um, where there's gaps to fill, um, his ambitions for the team. He's been very very honest and very. Um, clear about all that stuff. So I think that's the, I think all of that has meant that he's conducted himself very, very well. Um, and I'm very happy. I can't lie. Um, yeah, I so, don't, yeah. I, I don't disagree. I, I think um, he's definitely steadied the ship. He's brought an air of calmness, yeah. which we've not had for quite some time. I think, obviously, last season, prior to Tuchel's dismissal, he was very erratic and not even erratic, just very emotional, um, very, yeah. charged. And um, you could kind of see it, like there was a bit of tension between him and the owners because, you know, he wasn't getting the players he wanted. Um, Things weren't moving quick enough. Um, And I just think, you know, that sense of urgency was really, really there, whereas Poch has kind of 
And obviously, Poch is new. This is like a new relationship. He doesn't really want to sully it straight away. But whilst he's been quietly reminding the owners that we need a bit more experience, he's also been understanding and saying, look, like they've done fantastic work. So, you know, I'll, it, it will take time for things to happen. It'll take time. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it just goes, basically. And he, he's been very, um, very, um, yeah, he's been very, very good, I think, in mm. terms of. He's been handling those sort of questions. He's been hand like the way like the journalists, you know how sneaky they get, they kind of say that like, are you frustrated? And he kind of swats it off and just like deals yeah. with it basically. And I think it's yeah. just really, really impressive, generally. Um, really, yeah. really impressive. Um, and to be honest, he kind of reminds me of Tuchel in in, 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 that, in that regard, you know, the, I think the, it's uh, honest for me that yeah, 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 yeah. And there's even some questions where he gives it back a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you he thinks about something stupid, he will say it. Yeah, and I, I love that. I love that sort of refreshing honesty, you know, where he's going to say what he thinks. And, like, even if even if it's not the answer the journalists want, he'll give it to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think um, that's very, very refreshing. And obviously it's good to... And it kind of reminds you and makes you think that, you know, this is a proper manager, you know? Mm. Um I don't know if he's got the capacity to win yet. That still remains to be seen. But from what I know, in terms of just how he is and carries himself, I, I could see that we've got a real manager here um, and a real coach. So I'm I'm definitely pleased. Um, but this is being Chelsea, me being a you know lifelong Chelsea fan. Whilst I remember and recall when we were really bad, I also have now, as a result of us being successful, have a certain level of expectation and even expectation, a certain level or minimum demand that um, I kind of want from a manager. But so far, so good. He's speaking the talk. He's talking that talk. Um, and he's saying that he's here to win. So that sort of mentality for me already is giving me a tick next to his name. Um, but let's just talk about the game yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts on the lineup? Because it seems like he's, that seems like the team that he's potentially looking at and earmarking for Liverpool. I'm thinking, you know yeah. what? Kind of my team. Yeah. Um, any surprises for you in there? You know what? Yeah, kind of. I was surprised to see Gallagher in the pivot. I thought Santos might have played. Um, and I I was also surprised that Mudrik was on the bench. Um, those are the only two. I think everything else was pretty much what I expected. Mm. Um, if... I, I do worry a little bit if that's the lineup against Liverpool, particularly because whilst Gallagher did have a good game yesterday, mm-hmm. I just don't think that pivot position is is where he's best suited. Um, I don't think he copes greatly under pressure um, in receiving the ball deep, which is like a team that Liverpool are going to press higher. Um, so that would be one concern. But I think obviously, you know, we're working on targets in the middle. So, um yeah, we'll see how that goes. But in, in terms of the game itself, um, I thought I thought it was a bit of a tough watch. I thought it was um, quite reminiscent of the Fulham game in possession. I think um, I know Fulham game kind of got better, but like um, yesterday, like the pitch didn't help, and like in possession, you were kind of just devoid of any real options. Um, we didn't move it as quickly as we have done in like the first couple of games. Could be fatigue, you know. It's been a long preseason. It's been hot weather as well. Um, but um, I, I felt that our only way of getting the ball forward was kind of long balls from mm-hmm. the centre-back. So, Colwell and Thiago Silva playing those balls over the top into Jackson, whose movement, by the way, and, of, and, and his timing of runs is really, really good. Yeah, really, really good. So, he was our outlet. 
and that was that was really how we were getting the ball forward for all of the game. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say there was any real stand-up performances. I think Nkunku looked really bright before he got injured, which was unfortunate yeah. because he was only on the pitch for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and in that time, he was able to link up with Jackson and I was excited to see it for the rest of the game. But... You see what's funny, and I, I just want to just yeah. challenge yeah. it. Um, what's funny is that we had this discussion just the other day in the chat in regards to where we think um, Nkunku looks the most sharpest. And funnily enough, it was, we said, out left, his best games came from the wide left. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think personally, personally, I look at it and I think, well, the construction of the team, Chilwell was kind of instructed to bomb on and mm. be that, that additional attacker at the far post. Um, and I get it. But if you're playing Mudrick, for example, yeah. Mudrick likes to be that out wide, you know? Then again, it's way, essentially. So I'm just thinking maybe mm. the tactical ploy is that Mudrick might not be an option from the left when Chilwell's playing. I think maybe if it's um, Ian Matson, for example, playing that left back, you've got a more more set, or Kukurea, more of a, a situation where Mudrick would be outside and situated outside, and then um, you know those runs would be coming from Reese on the other side rather than coming from um, from Chile. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that that that's completely valid because Mudrick is a very touchline winger. Yeah, um, whereas Nkunku comes inside. Nkunku, yeah, and, and he also starts inside as well. He also yeah. starts in the half space, um, yeah. the link up. So the two games he played out left, so, um, well, I say games, he didn't last more than 10 minutes yesterday. But Fulham, and yes, and then the little yesterday, I, I noticed that he will take up the inside position. So, yeah, it frees up a lot of space for Chilwell. Um, so, yeah, that that's very valid. That's very valid. Um, and I think, just going on to Nkunku's best position, I think... Um, yeah, we were all in agreement that it's kind of what well, us two were in agreement of that left. And I, I think simply because for me, um, in Kunku, because he has, he has so much about him, so much flair about him, um, I feel like he needs, when he's on the left, he gets the space to kind of do his thing. Um, that flexibility to kind of roam a little bit in, in from inside to outside, outside to inside in that position. Yeah. Whereas when he's at, at the top of the pitch, as a number nine, for example, I think he started there against, um, he came on there against Wrexham and then he started there against Brighton. Um, he wasn't as involved. He didn't have as many touches in, in, the, in the game. Um, and that kind of, and whilst he still shows moments of quality, you don't get the same ingenuity. So that's definitely something I've observed from Nkunku. So I would say off the left, but I'm still open to see him play number 10 um, just to see how that goes again. Um, but I am very much sold on Jackson being number nine, like permanently going forward and not in Kunku playing there. In Kunku only playing there maybe as like an emergency or something like that. Yeah. 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 I feel you. I feel you on that because I think for me, Jackson, like just his all round game, I think is actually top. Um, I yeah, think so good. Man. The way that like, he plays football and the way that he, lo- he it's not even like it's, um, Oh, he just does it. He loves to connect with players. Yes. And the way yeah. he brings other people into a game, yeah. for me, is is wonderful. And I think if you look at the patterns of play, the good patterns of play that you've actually formulated, he's been at the heart of it. You know mm. what I mean? So mm. whether it's like a body feint and a swivel to turn and face um, the goal, or it's um, just good one-twos and layoffs and learn exactly when to 
to slide people in. I think just even for when Nkunku got injured, for example, that little one-two connection there in the box, just just knowing when to do it, you know? He's not a type of guy that looks to just pass it and get it back. He's the type of guy that if you feel someone else is in a better position, he'll give them the ball, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, I think yeah. he's got that ruthless streak in him where he's like, all right, if I've got the opportunity to score and I could do it myself, I'll do it myself. But if I see others in a good position to work, then I'm going to give it to them. And I think that is a quality that I love in a striker, you know? Yeah. Having that ability to do individualism, but also having the wherewithal to see a pass and find your teammates. I think it's wonderful, to be honest. I think, I think what's also impressed me a lot is his dribbling and his close control. I think when you look at, for example, Tammy, um, who's like a similar build, similar profile in terms of height and, you know, physique, um, Tammy dribbling, it wasn't as controlled as what, what I'm seeing from Jackson, um, which is really, really good because um, he's, I've seen him literally pluck a ball um, from, from, from the air in terms of like a long ball, bring it down, turn and then drive at players, which is impressive. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like the ability of like a winger. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really impressive. He reminds me a little bit of like Adebayo. Like Adebayo, yeah, I, feel like, I feel like Adebayo had that that technical security, the composure and the pace for like someone of that build, which was like impressive for me. Um yeah, that's that's who I actually kind of reminds me of. It's more like the technical side that I'm 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 impressed with because you know yeah. to all the guys like that, you're always intrigued to see like have they got that control when yeah. they're in, in the possession. So yeah, it's, it's so far so good. Yeah, I mean I, I could I could see the Adebayo comparisons. I look at I look at a young Didier um, and I don't want to compare him to Didier just yet, but I see a, a young Didier in him as well. Um, just, again, just the ability to look for teammates, find teammates. You know, I think the technical dribbling is also quite there as well. Um, and, yeah, again, the way that you could pluck the ball out of the air and then turn and face goal, I, I love that. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. he's, a, he's a warrior. Like he, mm. he looks like a player that is, like, hungry. You know, like a player that is really hungry yes. to impress and hungry to, to kind of show the best version of themselves. And I think he looks at his opportunity at Chelsea as an opportunity rather than I'm a, I'm a player at Chelsea. You know what I mean? I think he looks at it as a, it's an opportunity for me to really show what I'm about as a footballer. Um, and I think some players don't really have that. I think some players in, in general may not have that affinity and that sort of desire Um to really show their best selves at a certain clubs. And I think maybe, for example, you're at those status clubs where you feel like you have to put on your best version of yourselves. But I think with a Chelsea, you may have a little bit of arrogance and a, lot, a little bit of, um, you know, I deserve to be here. So, you know, it is what it is. But I think I look at Jackson, I think he looks at this as a real opportunity. You know, he was linked with Bournemouth in January. He's now yeah, he's had a medical directly. Yeah, he had a medical, failed the medical. And it's like, he had, you know what I mean? So he's like, rah, I'm at Chelsea, you know? And I think yeah. like looking at it and thinking, this is not an opportunity I want to let slip. And I love the way he refers to uh, Dembaba as well, you know? Because Dembaba similarly was at Newcastle, then mm. came to Chelsea, and that's a big jump at that yeah. point. Man. It is, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Again, Dembaba speaks of Chelsea so highly, you know? Because his time here was short, but one, relatively successful, and two... Mm -hmm. You know, I think he also appreciated and acknowledged the task of being. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And um, I think yeah. it's, it's very good to see as a character. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the Bournemouth 
medical because um, he actually spoke about that. I think it was after the after the Brighton game. Um, they asked him about that. About they asked him about it, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you was meant to. Ha- you know, you, it must have been. It must feel very surreal to be here because you was you had a field medical at Bournemouth, and then you know now you're here essentially." And he just said, yeah, like when it happened, he wasn't even angry. He just like, he wasn't upset or anything. He just went back mm-hmm. to Villarreal and said, you know what? Um, something better will come. And I love that mentality because when he went back to Villarreal, the form he showed towards the end of the season is what got him to move to Chelsea. So mm-hmm. that showed that he was able to mentally just like knuckle down and just continue doing the business. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's that's a very, very good mentality to have. He could have so, easily, yeah. easily, you know, down tools and thought, you know what? My mood's failed. Yeah. I'm pissed off. I'm upset. You know, I failed my medical. Woe is me. But no, he took it on the chin. I thought, you know what? Let's go again. And um, yeah. I think that, again, is super impressive. Super, super impressive. And you can kind of see he's got this sort of, like, mentality that, look, what I do for a living is a blessing. So I'm going to, like, do my absolute max and get the max out of my career, basically. And I, I look at that and I kind of admire his... It's kind of the way he speaks about the game, the way he speaks about his teammates and his opportunity, really appreciate it. Um, and I, I really appreciate him as a player. Um, I think he's going to do good things. And obviously, there's Link Vlavic, right? And again, I don't think it's necessary, but at the same time, if that's Poch's guy and that's the guy that Poch wants, then so be it, right? But yeah. how I look at it, yeah? Remember Didier used to see mm. off all these strikers that used to come, yeah? Mm. I back, I back, I back, I do back Jackson to really, really rise to the challenge of you know other guys coming in, and he's like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna show you that I'm levels. You know what I mean? So I'm not really too worried um, at all, if I'm honest. But that being yeah. said, mm-hmm. that being said, I don't know how wise it is to buy Vlahovic at this moment in time. I don't, I don't think it's wise at all. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't think it's wise at all. And I get, I hear you what you're saying in terms of backing him to kind of see if it's a competition. And, and to be fair, I would probably back him as well. But I just worry that Vlahovic is too big of a name to just mm. kind of like push to the side. Mm. Um, even though the fee wouldn't be as crazy as past strikers, because obviously it probably involve a swap with Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not trying to... I, I, I don't want it at all. I don't want it at all because um, I don't see how both of them are satisfied. I don't see Jackson playing... If it was like a 4-3-3 that Poch played, then maybe I could see Jackson playing wide, potentially, and accommodating both of them. But because it's a 4-2-3-1, and Poch seems pretty set on that, and there's mm-hmm. a certain way that this 4-2-3-1 is set out in terms of wingers yeah. um, and the profile of the team that we have, so like the wingers that we have, I can't see Jackson going out there. So it would literally be them literally fighting for that number nine spot. And then I don't think I don't think it will it will turn out well. Um I think somebody would would miss out. Um I think in Broyar you've got someone who is uh coming back from a big injury, so it's mm-hmm. kind of perfect for him to play that backup role. And then you've also got Nkunku as another option as well. Um, yeah, I think it's fine with, with, yeah. with, with like that personally, considering we don't even have Europe. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I know what you're saying. I, I fully hear you, yeah. I fully hear you, and I feel like I'm kind of trying to convince myself that it's acceptable. But me personally, on a personal level, I just don't know how wise it is. Now, I think also you need to remember that Vlaovic potentially could also retain a substantial resale value. So even if you buy him now. You know, and it doesn't, you don't, you may not like it in the end, 
um, you may be able to send them on and that's still going to be okay. You're not going to be too hurt by it. But what I will say is that Vlavic doesn't seem too keen on coming. Yeah, so he doesn't. That yeah, idea of bringing in someone that doesn't seem too keen on coming doesn't really sit well with me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of want people that want to be here, really. Yeah. And yeah. Um, if he isn't really keen on coming, then, you know, that's fair enough, his prerogative. But, you know, I don't know how wise it is to bring someone in that doesn't want to be here that kind of, could kind of destabilise a platform for, for Jackson. Because yeah, it's, it's not wise. It doesn't really make sense to me. But at the end of the day, if that's Poch's guy and he's determined to get him, then he's determined to get him. Is what it is. Speaking mm-hmm. of Poch's guys and determination to get people, um, obviously you've seen that we've finished. Uh, well, we're getting a medical for for Sanchez from Brighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally don't really know much about him. Um, I've seen that he's a decent enough keeper. But I can't speak with Vim and say, yeah, he's better than XYZ because I've not seen enough, to be perfectly honest. And in my period of watching Brighton, um, especially more towards last season, that's when he kind of fell out of the team. So do you know much about him? And if not, or if so, um, talk to me what your thoughts about the signing. Um, I know you're not a big fan of Kepa at all. Um, So what are your thoughts on it, essentially? Yeah, so the same as you. I don't know much about him because I don't. I didn't really watch Brighton last season. But um, the only thing I say is that I'm happy that he's coming because um, I definitely feel Kepa needs competition because I think Kepa without competition is is a recipe for disaster. Um, I definitely think he's the type that could get complacent if he knows there's no one behind him, um, and we know what he's like anyway in terms of um, his mistakes and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so for him to the thought of him not having a good enough backup to take his place if he completely falls off um, like we've seen him do before is, is quite scary. So yeah. I'm happy that, you know, I know Sanchez is good enough Prem standard. Um, so I'm good that that competition is there, essentially. Yeah. But in terms of him himself, I don't know much about I mean, him. I, I, what I can assert, yeah, is that he's a competent Premier League goalkeeper. And if you're competent, I'm happy. Because yeah. I think Kepa can borderline be incompetent at times. Yes. Yes. So like yes. I'm okay if we just get a standard competent goalkeeper for twenty million pounds, fine. Again, when we talk about fees, I can't really say with too much vim about whether I care or not, because it's not my money ultimately. And um I feel like we've got far too many accountant fans um than actual fans now because we're worrying about how much we're spending, but Really and truthfully, we should be worrying about the products on the pitch. And if the product on the pitch is stinking, then obviously you need to kind of invest, whether that's in your youth academy or whether that is in um, the transfer market, you know? And yeah. that's all like with with £20 million, if, if, he, if he provides good enough competition to make Kepa better or provides good enough competition to replace Kepa, I think that's £20 million well spent. I'd do it. I don't really care, to be perfectly honest. Um, because like you said, Kepa definitely has the capacity to stink out the joint. Um, he isn't the only one, but he's definitely a keeper that, for me, is susceptible to really smelling. And I just don't think it's worth just having him as the main goalkeeper for the entire season. I think, like you said, recipe for disaster. So I'm glad that it's being addressed. Um, It seems like Chelsea may conclude and get the Caicedo deal over the line, which is um, some feat, considering how long it's dragged out. 
obviously for you, you've looked at Conor Gallagher starting the last game and there's every chance that you may start against Liverpool, but I know you're, you're a big fan of Caicedo, so ha- are you happy enough, again, we're talking about fees that not really coming out of our pocket, but are you happy enough um, paying that £100 million for Caicedo, potentially? So, like, first of all, I'm not sure about, I don't know if, how certainly we'll get him, because I know Brighton just come out, like, literally within the last, like, hour and said they don't expect to sell him. Um, mm. They could just be saying that, but is what it is. Um, but, yeah, if we did get him, you know what? Um, I'd be pretty comfortable paying it, uh, just given the profile of the player and what we need um, and the fact that he's pre-improvement. Um, yeah, I, I think... And and to be honest, there's kind of a lack of options as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be happy to I'd be happy to to, to get him. Um, I think the midfield it needs it needs a bit more in there, um, just in terms of a bit more strength, a bit more mm. athleticism, uh, a bit a bit more a player that can cover more ground. I think is needed in there as well mm. as be comfortable on on the ball, which I don't think Gallagher is completely as comfortable as other DMs on the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be I'd be comfortable with it. I think the prospect of it, uh, Enzo Caicedo uh, double pivot, is is a, is a good is a good base. Yeah. Um, and I think if he was to come, that would definitely elevate us. Um, I'm pretty convinced of that, to be honest. So yeah, I would like to see him come in, but at the same time, if he doesn't, I'm not. Again, I'm not going to be too. I'm not going to be too upset because you know it's like it's it's a difficult deal to get done, Brighton. Mm kind of have a lot of the power because yeah. uh, they don't have to sell um, and you've got profiles in there that can kind of uh, it's hard to say we can manage with them like guys like Santos we can kind of manage yeah. um, but I, in an ideal world Kaiser would be the guy to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, so yeah we'll see what happens we'll see what happens I, I feel like it will get done but it just probably won't be done until we start the season maybe like two three games in Fair enough, fair enough. But obviously you're for the signing, essentially. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so I want to talk a bit about, about the game, actually, um, because I think whilst it looked a little bit stale, um, I definitely agree that the long balls were a massive factor. Um, but when you've got two weapons like Thiago Silva and Colwell that have got the ability on the ball that they have, you're going to get a lot of that... Um, that amid well, I get that those over the top balls, but I do think that there was a slight. Um, yeah, I want to kind of talk about Enzo actually. Um, Enzo, a fantastic player, you know, 100, 100 million pounds, whatever, cool. But I do think this preseason he's been a little bit, I don't know, how do I put it, petulant? Yeah, even good. I want to say pe- petulant. Um, I think he's been, he's not been playing with real intensity and not been playing with that, the normal vib that I think you see of him, like quite usually. Um, and I think it's almost like, I want to say petulance because it seems to me and it feels like he's doing it like to show like, look, this is what I'm working with type thing, you know? And I think, I don't know <laughs> if I like that, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I think for a game like yesterday, where Conor Gallagher looked better than him, mm. I think it's a little bit, you know, and Gallagher's who struggled for me in terms of his performances this preseason. 
Um, he scored goals, don't get me wrong, but in terms of his overall performances, they haven't been great. So it's just kind of a bit, bit mm, you know. Yeah. You know, so what are your thoughts on his preseason so far? Um, you know, he's still young, to be honest, so maybe I'm being a little bit hard on him, um, and I don't want to be. But yeah, what have you, what are your thoughts been on on him? No, I think I think it's fair. I think he's definitely looked a bit lax, um, uh, especially on the ball. He doesn't mm. seem to be playing with that same, like you said, the same intensity on the ball in terms of really being determined to kind of make things happen. Um, so he seems very happy to kind of recycle possession and 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 whatnot. Um, he's even given the ball away a few times. Yeah, some of the matches his passing accuracy hasn't been amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I agree, um, and I think that's problematic. Problematic when you don't have the ability to cover spaces, which he doesn't. To be honest, yeah. So your so every game <laughs> you need to be on on top with the with the ball. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think it's been a very sluggish preseason from Enzo. Um, I don't. He didn't have any. He didn't go away to the under twenty ones or anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know why it's been because he came yeah. out late. Yeah, he came out late. He came out late. Um, I think he probably just ha- deserved an extended break because he didn't actually get one after the World Cup. You know, okay, I think yeah. a lot of players did um, from Argentina, but he didn't. Um, he went straight back for, to Benfica. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he just needed an extended break, which was given mm-hmm. to him by Poch, which is minor. Uh, honestly, that, that's a bit of a minor. He was still training out there, work with his new um, PT, James Ralph. Um, so I think, you know... There's just a degree of, I think, not complacency with him, but I just think, yeah, he, he needs to kind of get his head yeah. back. Yeah, it's definitely given off a bit of complacency. A yeah, bit. and I think I've seen him like like tweets about needing a new midfield partner and stuff. So I'm just like, nah, okay, Enzo, like we get it, but mm. relax, yeah, like just, just <laughs> chill, you get me. Yeah. Um, but love the player, love the player, but I just think, obviously. It's Chelsea hour, so we're we're gonna be very impartial about what we see, and we're gonna say it how we see it. So just like, all right, Enzo, I'm watching you, boy. That's it. That's what I need to say. That's what I need to say. Yeah, like, just like, just put a little marker down just to say that I can see you, bro. But um, but I did I did like um I feel like Mudrick is a, it's an interesting one. I think he's a different proposition to Enkunku entirely. Um, I think Enkunku's obviously not as rapid as. I think you necessarily miss loads um, from from Modric when Nkunku's playing out wide. Um, I think you probably get a little bit more combination from Nkunku because he comes inside more and the gaps between him and Jackson are far smaller. Yeah. But um, I think he's playing with confidence and I, I yeah. appreciate that because I think that Poch has kind of get, put that fire in his belly again to make him feel like, you know what, you are wanted you are a player that I can work with and um, I'm going to make sure that I get the best out of you. Um, and I think that, which I find crazy, now I keep saying this, but how on earth did Lampard and um, Potter, you know, not utilise a player that you bought for £100 million? Of course that's going to impact his confidence. Like, it's crazy. He, he was bought for £100 million, so he's like in his mind thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to play, you know, but my man was barely being used. So, his confidence was like in the mud, in the absolute mud. So there was no surprises that his form was horrible. No surprises that you know, you know, he he looked a little bit of a mess because he had a fantastic debut, and then from there, we're playing. It's just mad, madness to me. So it looks like Poch's got his arm around him, and you know he's playing with confidence. 
looks he looks pretty sharp to be honest. Yeah, very, very, yeah, very, yeah. Pretty damn and, sharp. and on top of that, on top of what you said about Poch getting his arm around him, you've also had players like Chilwell speak very highly of him in, yeah. in like trainings, saying that he's got the potential to be like the world best and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so yeah, I think overall everyone's kind of chipped in and mm-hmm. boosted his confidence because they know how good he is, mm-hmm. and it's shown on the pitch because. Um, even though I don't think he played a single 90 minute, but he played, he came on for like um, 45 minutes, 20 minutes. In all of those cameos, he showed something. Mm-hmm. Definitely showed something. Showed a lot more confidence. Someone, as soon as he's on the ball, like he's literally running at players, um, linking up with Jackson. And you can see like the, the, the confidence is back. You can literally see it, which mm-hmm. is great um, because he gives us, he's so dangerous because he can go on the outside and on the inside with both yeah. feet as well. Uh, and he's got that trickery too. So, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do um, this season. It'll be interesting to see if Poch wants to use him and Nkuku together. Um, but even still, I think he does. Ha- he still has the combination play that Nkuku has as well. Um, I think you saw it in the goal that he scored against Brighton. Yeah. And overall, he, 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 he's always looking to kind of... If, 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 it's, if the space is not there to run into with the ball, he'll look to pop it off and maybe get it back. So yeah, dangerous player. I, I'm happy he's had a good preseason because he's a he's a dangerous weapon for, yeah. for us. De- definitely dangerous for sure. And it looks like for me personally, anyway, um, he's playing with intent. You know, there's not um, a real um, you know when some players get the ball and they're just unsure. Um, even if he's unsure, from what it looks like to me, he's playing with purpose and intensity. Um, yeah. So once he gets the ball, as soon as he gets the ball, he's making sure that you know what. I'm going to either try and take my man on or I'm going to feed it, pop it off and get moving and be active. And, you know, he's, he just, he's generally staying very active. Um, but at the same time, I still expect a bit more from him and demand a bit more from him because this is Chelsea and I'm not going to be, you know, overly, overly excited yeah. by everything. Yeah. But at the same time, there's promise there. Definitely. And I said it last season, like, it's not a dud, you know, even when he was not comfortable confident it's not a dud at all you could still see some some bits of quality but you could yes. just see that yes. there's just a lack of confidence there. Confidence. So, yeah. so, yeah, i'm just looking yeah. at him and i'm like yeah this is this is the real mudrick really yeah. and I, I just look yeah, forward to seeing good. how it really flourishes really because um, I, I think it i think it could be very very positive to be perfectly honest he's had a tough time of it but i think he could be a real real weapon um obviously We've got a lot of players now, so I'm just thinking how are we going to really construct the team? Um, obviously, again, Matson came on for me. Again, very impressive again. Um, I, I just, for the life of me, I could, I'd, I'd be beside myself if, if he went on loan. But yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts on the young Gs that are, are here? Um, what are your thoughts on fact the um, the news that Angelo looks like he's going to be staying mm-hmm. while he's on loan? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? So, in terms of Angelo, let me get out of the way, I think he looks quality. Uh, and I think if there's a, like, I'm not really an advocate for four wingers, um, mm. but if there is ever a fourth winger, um, I it makes sense for it to be a prospect-type profile as mm-hmm. opposed to someone who's already established. So, like, for me, bringing in Olise to be the fourth winger don't make sense for me. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm happy for him to be in the squad. Um, I think, and it's probably the right decision to be fair. Um, I think, in terms of the young G's, so like Lewis Hall, Ian Maxson, Casade, Santos, I think they've all made a pretty good account of themselves, especially Maxson. I think Maxson's probably been 
either our second or first best player in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely has to stay and he's got a part to play in the squad. Um, I think I rate Poch, Poch's utilisation of him in like seeing the quality to kind of play him a bit further forward because obviously we've, yeah. we're stuck in a conundrum where we've got four people who can play left back, which is just not needed. Um, so moving Matson out of there and still finding a place for him, that's been good. Uh, that's a positive. Um, especially when, like, you know, we have someone, like, there's, there's a, so someone like Sterling, for example, who hasn't been as great. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, so I think I expect him to stay and um, play a part. Um, I would like to see him play left back and see what he can do there, but it's kind of his way it is. Um, I think, I think it would be best for Lewis Hall to go on loan. Um, I think the kid's really, really good, but he needs games. I think he needs, he needs, yeah. he needs games. And he, and he barely got games this preseason. Um, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I think the Lewis, Lewis Hall is really frustrating because I rate him. He's a very good player. I think as a left back as well, he, defensively, yeah. I, he's still relatively suspect because it's not really his position. But I think just he gives us a lot of quality there, man. I think his crossing is good. I think his intensity is good. His ability to dribble and carry is good. So I just like, I don't know, man. I think it's, it's, been shame. it's been a shame that his, you know, his minutes yeah. have been kind of like limited to be honest. It's been a shame. I, I was going to say one thing about Hall, is interesting because he sees himself as a central midfielder, isn't it? So yeah. even though we've all, we're all banging around about him playing left back, would he be happy with that role? I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's what, 19, 18, 19. I think he'd be happy yeah. to play him. Mm, fair, but, fair enough. Yeah, fair. You know, I, I honestly fair. think he'd be happy to play anywhere. But I would say that his, his ideal position as a how he's come up, obviously, is as a centre midfielder. But with a player, when you're that young, you don't really care if you're playing for the first team. Yeah. Like, as long as you're on the pitch, yeah. like, it don't really matter. Until you establish yourself and then, you know, establish yourself as a top player, then you can start making demands about where you play. But imagine if Reese James started saying, okay, well, I'm established here now, but I'm actually really a midfielder. I've grown up a midfielder, so I want to be a DM. You know what I mean? Even Reese as captain, does he really have that authority? No. Mm. So I think, he, I think to be honest, Hall would probably accept playing left back, you know, because he'd probably yes. be able to show that he's actually a very good left back. You know what I mean? So if you're playing well, getting the recognition, I don't think you really care too much unless you're a striker or an attacker that's been asked to play as a defender. You know what I mean? So it's just one of them things. But you're right, it's been a bit disappointing that he's not really had sufficient minutes because when he has come on, he's looked really good, as you'd expect from this hall. So it's a shame, but I definitely agree. I think he's a player that probably can go on loan and show his real quality. Similarly to, to Levi Cole last season, I think... He's a player that will go on loan, show that he's better than what we've currently got, and then he'll come back into the first team next season, cement it with the capacity to cement his place as a first team option at left back. Um, personally, that's what I think is going to happen, um, and kind of what I hope would happen. But he definitely needs a good loan. I hope he goes to a Premier League side. Um, and really, Keyword, good loan. Yeah, good loan is important. You know, good loan is important. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to talk about Sterling, to be honest, um, because I think he's coming under quite a lot of undue scrutiny. Um, he's not been great this preseason, but I also don't think he's been horrible. And as someone that is not really his biggest fan, um, I think a lot of the criticism has been 
quite harsh, you know? And it could be, personally, um, a byproduct of the fact that, you know, you've got Nkunku, who's this shiny new toy, it's amazing, he's finishing all his chances, and you've got Jackson that looks super active and aggressive, and you've got Malo Gusto, who, again, is new, and he looks really good, very, very, very good. And then you've got Sterling, who's only a year old in terms of being a new player, but all of the shine has kind of gone away from him now. Um, and that frustration, and granted, he is a frustrating player at times, but I just feel like he's getting pelters a lot. Um, what are your thoughts, man? Um, because I know, again, you weren't... Were you a fan? I guess you were a fan of Sterling. Um, I was. So what, I can't what, where are you standing now? So, yeah, now, I think what he's been putting up over the past six months has been... It's, it's not been good enough, to be honest with you. Um, but last season, obviously, there's caveats. But um, I think, especially this preseason, it's been disappointing um, that he's not played to the level we know he can play. And I think it's... I think the disappointment and the criticism comes from the fact that we've seen Sterling do bits in this league. And, you know, um, in the Premier League, he's, like, one, probably, like one of the all-time top wingers in the league, you know, he's 100 club, um, he's won titles and contributed heavily to those titles. So I think mm. the expectation was him for that to just translate straight over, but it's not quite happened. And I think Sterling's is an experienced player. Um, he's about 27 now, so he's not exactly young. So I think the expectation is just for him to kind of lead a bit more, mm. by example, than what he's doing. Um, but he's not, he's kind of just, all the younger guys are kind of just, you know, taking. Is that, that by way of performance? You mean? Yes, by way of performance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. I, I mean, he's like. He... Is what's frustrating Chelsea fans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's 28, um, 29 in December, um, so he is experienced. I agree. Um, I feel like again, Chelsea fans probably had an idea of Raheem Sterling rather than an acknowledgement of what he actually is. And I think people have, who have these expectations can only have themselves to blame when players don't meet up to it. Because again, when you're saying Chelsea fans are very, very prone to this, that XYZ is an upgrade on, on you know, on what we currently have. Stern is an upgrade on what we have, blah, 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 blah. Then Stern comes in and he kind of sinks it out a bit. Then you're like, wait, rah, he's Deadwood. Get rid. Let's bring someone else in. Oh, Madawake is an upgrade on Raheem Sterling. Blah, blah, blah. The cycle repeats. You know what I mean? And I feel like when you've got players that are, one, not stable in their team, in their environment, two, the team in itself isn't stable, I think it's very easy to get onto them. Very easy to criticise them. Uh, I feel like, for me, as much as I don't rate Raheem like that, I think he's a good player. But I don't rate him as an elite footballer. He's a top, top tier guy. Um, but he's operated at the elite level. So he knows what it is to play at that level and play with mm -hmm. the best and play amongst the best. So I agree there's an expectation of quality that you expect. But ultimately, when I look at the player himself, I don't, there are certain things I don't expect of him because there are certain things that I just know what he's about. And there's no, I know his limitations generally. I think I know his limitations generally. Um, so there's just certain things I won't harp on about that he lacks because it's Raheem, you know what I mean? And I know what he's about. Um, I just think it's more of a, a, a pause, just a cause of caution, a word of caution for our fans, where when we're assessing players and when we're demanding that, you know, we should bring in players, 
um, that we have a little bit of caution that they may not be better than we currently have. And I think you should probably give a bit more grace to the current players um, for not only their performances, but also in their environment. And I think you need to start factoring in the environment before, as well as when you assess your players. Um, yeah. Last season was an environment that was good enough for many, many players that we have. Um, so I think for me, everyone's got a fresh slate, including Raheem Sterling. Despite the fact yeah. I don't think he's that bad, I still think he deserves a clean slate. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to be on his case too, too much. Um, because again, I think in terms of like tactically, I think he could be a very useful weapon for Poch. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we'll just see how it goes, really. I don't envision him leaving. Um, but I do think with, you know, the fact that Gomez is being kept, um, not Gomez, I think, um, yeah, the fact that um, he's being kept around, so, I don't know. If you, the fact that Angelo's being kept around, I'm just thinking, you know, someone has to go. And I don't know who. You know what I mean? I really don't know who because yeah. you've got Angelo on the right, you've got uh, obviously uh, Madueke is there, you've got Raheem there, uh, you've got Maria that's also there. Uh, Maria's probably going to go on loan. Yeah, but still, three men for one position, Madueke, Raheem and Angelo. That's a lot of men. I'm not saying that Madueke is going to go on loan, but I'm just saying that we need to be very careful that we're not overloading again. And if we're looking yeah. at Sino Abise, that's four men. So I'm just yeah. like, we need to be very, very careful. Very careful. If we're looking at Olise as the number 10, then uh, okay, that kind of work. It might be able to work. But if not, and he's going to play wide right, could be problematic again. And we could be getting in a mess again um, where Poch has talked about cutting the squad size, but... <laughs> He probably could be getting frustrated with these owners thinking, like, why do you man want to keep hoarding these guys? I don't need them. Um, mm. So it's going to be an interesting watch, really, the way to see how this develops. Um, but he said that he wants a squad of 24, 25 max, or 23 to 25 max. Um, what would your 23 to 25 be um, if you're going to go from top to bottom? So let's say start off with the keeper. Um, keepers. So obviously the Selena is there. Mm. He's probably going to loan. Bergstrom yep. he's probably going to be here third choice. Then you've also got Kepa, of course. So it's probably going to be number one. And you've got Sanchez. So I'd probably say that's your three: Bergstrom, Kepa, Sanchez. Right yep. back. Yep. Right back because obviously Malo Gusto and Reese James, an amazing two to have. Centre back. It's going to be interesting. Um, Diassi, um, boy, that one's so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that one's interesting. Um, so yeah. obviously he's been signed, so he's probably going to stay. Um, and then obviously you got Badia Shield, Cobble, and Chelsea Silver, and then I think Chalabar mm-hmm. probably leave. To be yeah. honest, um, yeah. then left back, I think Kukurela and Chilwell will be the two main guys. And then I definitely said his name wrong, by the way. It's definitely the sassy. <laughs> oh, sassy. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I definitely said it wrong. But yeah, it's the sassy. Um yeah, so there's so yeah, the sassy for farmers out for the year. Um yeah. the sassy's their new. Um we've got Levi Cobalt, Tiago Silva, 
Um, and then you've also got Humphreys is definitely there too. I think he'll go on then. You think so? Yeah. So who, who are the defenders then, if you think about it? I think it would be Tassassi, Thiago Silva, yeah. Kowal, and Buddy Shaw. Buddy Shaw, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Buddy Shaw. Uh, obviously, he's... Fun is injured. Um, but I don't know if he counts his numbers, but I guess so. I guess he does. He does I guess he does. I don't think he, he doesn't count for this season, because I think he's so, probably going to be out personally for the yeah. for season. So, yeah, so we'll leave him out for now. I'll go with those four. Yeah, okay. So that, left back. So that's left, nine, right? Yeah, that's nine, man. So, Gio, Cucurella, I think. No, that's, that's eight, man. No, wait, wait, that's four. And, yeah, that's nine, man. Yeah, nine, man. So, Gio, Cucurella, that's 11. I think Hall will go on loan. I think Matson will stay. So, that's 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Matson will probably play further forward. So, that's 12. Yeah. Uh, midfield, I think Cassidy will go on loan. I think, uh, yeah, Cassidy will go on loan, and then we'll have Santos, Gallagher. Mm, I don't know, Gallagher's future remains to be seen. I think we'll keep Santos, Enzo, um, and then the youth that we signed from Ren. It's not clear if he's going on loan yet as well. Yeah, we don't know yet. We don't know yet either. So, I think that one's dependent on if we get. Kaiseido. Yeah. So we'll put one in there for now. So we'll say so we'll say Enzo um Santos. Uh let's say Ugochuku for now. Let's say him for yeah. now, so that's three. And then I'm gonna say Gallagher four. Cool. All right. So uh, what about Carney? What about Carney? Oh Carney yeah, Carney, yeah, Carney as well. Sixteen. I think Carney will stay. I okay. think, okay, actually, now that I remember Carney, I think Gallagher will eventually get a move late in the window and Carney will stay. Okay. So that's 15, man. Yeah. Now the attack. So, 14. yeah, Madweke. Yep. Sterling. Yeah. Um, Angelo, Gabriel, and then Mudrick. I think those will be the wingers. Okay. So, that's 19. 19, yeah. Then and you've got then, the strikers. Then what, sorry? Then you've got the strikers. Yeah, cool. So, Nkunku. Yeah. Jackson. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Broya. Yeah. Yeah, let's say Broya. Like, let's say we don't get Vlavich. So, Broya. Uh, so, that's 23, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's that done. Um, that's that done. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking at other people as well. Um, we forget about Raheem. Oh, you put Raheem as well. Raheem's there. Yeah, Raheem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So beyond that, if you're getting Alise, what that's 24. Mm-hmm. Kudus as well. Those links are still Kudus, kind of moving yeah. about. Yeah. But I think yeah. Kudus then replaces Gallagher. Um, yeah. In the team and Alise, I just I don't know. At least they won't throw me off because strange. who's he replacing? It's really strange. You know what I mean? Who's he replacing? Honestly. Right. So that's so, what, 23? I think that's a good enough squad, you know, to get top got, four. I don't know if he's in there. Uh, instead of Gallagher, that would be 24, innit? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if you get, I don't know if you, you win the battle with that. Um, but I think it's a good enough squad to compete for top four. You can compete. Definitely. Um, so it remains to be seen. 
It remains to be seen. I've, I'm, I'm interested to see how the season develops, to be honest. Very, very yeah. interested. Yeah. Because um, obviously Chelsea are, I don't want to say dark horses, but they're not really rated like that at this moment in time. Um, yeah. And obviously, naturally, given what happened last season, I think you know I can see why people don't rate Chelsea um, and fret for anything. But I think Poch is quietly ticking along. And I think the, the squad starts, it's, it's looking pretty good and taking shape. So, yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. I think it's um, the preseason was definitely good. Um, so I, I really don't have that many complaints. I think I, I loved, absolutely loved the fact that Bowley and Clear Lake have, like, backed off. Like, because I felt like you could, you could feel it. Like, you know what I mean? In, in the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, they're just mm. out of the way. And that, that mm. is the relationship. Like my my biggest gripe with them is that they always wanted to be in the the like the limelight. Like back off, you get mm. back off. You don't need to be here. Like just chill. And for me, we're all the more better for it. We're all the more better that Pochettino gets all the attention and time, and you know, they can chill off. You know, so I, I feel, I'm I'm much more happier with this current setup and scenario. Obviously, them being them, they're probably going to get back involved again a little bit, which I don't mind too much. But just, you know, kind of like know that you're not necessarily needed like at these moments. Like, so chill, you get it. So very much happy with the setup. Definitely happy with how things are going um, this preseason. So I don't really know. In terms of your 11, I think I want to just end it shortly. But in terms of your 11 for Liverpool, talk to me. What are you thinking? So I'm thinking Kepa, James, Thiago Silva, Colwell, Chilwell. Um, me personally, I would do Santos and Enzo. Yeah. And then I would do. Mm, it's hard to strike the balance of what I want and what I think will happen. Um, mm-hmm. What I th- I'm going to say what I think will happen. I think. In Kunku will start on the left. I think uh, Carney will start in the ten, and Sterling, Sterling will, and then yeah, Sterling will start on the right. Either Sterling or Matson. I probably think Sterling. Okay, that would be a big call. That one, either Sterling. Boy, or Matson starts over Sterling. Fuck. That's that's hey, thing, isn't it? That's crazy. It, it's it, not it, that it, it's it. like it's not they don't deserve it. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's boy, a big call. That was a it's a big, big message. I don't, I don't, I don't think he will do it. I don't think he'll do it. So I'm going to say Sterling. Yeah, I'm going to say Sterling. And then Jackson up top. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm... How, that's I, what I'm... Play it, how I play it. Um, obviously, I, I, I don't really... I like Carney as a 10, but I don't really. Because I think Carney is much better coming I, from deep. Coming from deep. Both. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I play it all the same, other than putting Mudrick wide left. And then I'd put in in, in Kunku as the ten. Um, I agree. Only, I was only because, oh, yeah. and only and I say that only because I think Modric can cause real problems to Trent. Definitely, real and right space as well that Liverpool leave behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the, I was kind of saying what I think Poch would do, but I agree with what you're saying. I think Modric should play. Yeah, I, I played Madrid just because I think he can cause real, real havoc down that 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 right hand side. And I feel like if you look at the way that Liverpool play, and even if you like were watching their preseason games, they're very susceptible again, as per for balls over the top. 
So I look at Jackson, I look at Mudrick, and I just envision how much damage they can cause against those teams with that player high line. So I just, you know, and Nkunku as well, the way he plays as a 10, he plays on the shoulder of the defence too. So for me, it makes sense. Um, it definitely makes sense. And obviously you've got Madueke, um, who could probably come on and change the game as well if it's not really quite working out for us. So, yeah, man, I think that's how I'd do it. Yeah. Catherine Goal, Reese James, Thiago Silva, um, Levi Colville, uh, yeah, Chilwell, Santos, Enzo, if that's if we don't get Caicedo by then. Um, Santos, yeah. Enzo, and then Raheem, right wing, left wing, Mudrick, 10, and Kunku, and number nine, Jackson. I agree. I, I agree. I agree. Um, and then I if, you being, if you stop, if you stop, Kaiser in there. That's a very good team. Very, very good team. It's a good basis for a, a decent team moving forward. So, um, anyway, Shams, I'm, I'm gonna let you go. Appreciate your time, my bro. And um, no. yeah, man, we'll be back next week. Um, keep locked in, Shazzy Hour, and yeah, peace. Peace, man. Sports Social Podcast Network.